What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Humza Mania podcast, hosted by the one and only, the king of the kingdom here, Humza Mania. I hope everyone's doing well out there. Thank you guys so much for joining us. And just take a look at this makeshift studio I created. I know it's not the best thing in the world, but it's a work in progress, guys. It's season one, episode one. I am bright right now. Why am I so bright? Hold on. Ooh. No, I like the brightness better. Okay. I'd rather have it bright than not bright. I'm going to take this off because this thing was made for people with hair. And obviously, that's something I don't have. Um, so, shit. Welcome. 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 Um, so, I, I, as many of you guys know me, right? I do stand-up comedy. I, I love pro wrestling. I get involved in that stuff, too. But I've also been hosting many a podcast lately. And just... You guys know I love to talk. I love to talk. I love to talk. I love to share my opinion. I like to, for everyone else to hear my opinion. So so when I go around and unsolicited giving my opinion to everybody, well, I guess people don't like that too much. So I created this podcast. So when you do want my opinion, you jump on, you listen, you donate money right here too. Don't forget this thing. Hold on, which way? Right there. Ah, uh, Boom. Cash app. And uh, let's get this thing going, man. Um, as things grow, obviously, I'm going to progress. Right now, it's not like I have a plan in a way. I have a plan, right, business-wise. But when it comes to the actual formatting of the show, uh, what the show is going to be about, how I'm going to go about it, that's all kind of up in the air. I'm wanting this to be a little bit more organic, if you will. Uh, I've noticed every time I try something, I'm like, okay, this is exactly what I want to do in my mind. This is how I want to approach it. This is how I want to take it and build it. And then when I get there, I realize I want to do something different that works better. So what I decided with this podcast was a couple of things. One is my rose fell. Hold on. Look at this rose. Hold on. Look at this rose. Look how neat this is. I don't know who created this, but it's like a silverish gold rose. I like it because, well, it looks nice. So I left it here for decoration reasons. But as you can see, if I hit it, it falls over. Is it the best studio? No, but does it work? Yes. And I should probably go a little lower because you guys will realize that even though I'm kind of okay on top, I am not wearing any pants on the bottom. So the purpose of this podcast, right? That's what we're getting at here. What is the point of this? What was my reasoning for this other than me just talking and yapping my gums? And honestly speaking, it has a lot to do with my upbringing. It has a lot to do with being a Pakistani American, uh, growing up, born in Pakistan, growing up here in America, and realistically speaking, man, if you in this country do not identify as white, black, or Hispanic, it's hard for you to find where you fit in and what your 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 American culture, if you will, would be, right? Because the way I see it is there's there's American culture and then there's culture outside of this that we everyone practices. The the way people are in Pakistan is obviously not the way we are here. And the way people are in Mexico are is obviously not how they live here. There's some traditions they bring over, some traditions they don't. But for me, uh, that's kind of where I'm trying to reach goal-wise, right? So I always thought about, okay, growing up, uh, man, a lot of us went through this where I didn't know what to put on clothes-wise. I would sh wake up in the morning, I'd put on some clothes. I had a FUBU shirt on once and everyone told me I was trying to dress like a black guy. And I had no idea that was a thing. And then I wore a Tommy Hilfiger shirt the next day and I was called a white guy. So I, I thought to myself and I struggled with this a lot, like, okay, what do Pakistani guys wear? What is it that my people wear? How does how do someone like myself look and present themselves growing up in the 90s? And realistically speaking, I was so lost. I'm still lost. I don't know what to put on. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to listen to because no matter which direction I go, it's always considered a certain race that should be involved in that in that pop culture, if you will. So my point of this was to 
one, it's not really dedicated directly to Pakistani Americans, but to create a platform where a lot of us can come and share our stories, uh, just talk about what we experience in this in this country. Uh, not necessarily, oh my God, racism, everything's so bad. Ah, this country sucks. But more of a just everyday life, man. Where do we fit in? What do we like? What is it that uh, we all deal with? Our parents growing up, like, can we give each other some advice about how to handle our parents, how to handle arranged marriages? things like that, and just to kind of discuss on this open forum. But before we get into any of that, because this is an introductory episode, I'm just going to kind of go over what we're going to be doing here, uh, explaining a little bit about myself, talking about myself, helping you guys realize who I am, as well as sharing what this podcast is going to be about. And then obviously next week, we'll get it kickstarted with some guests and, and taking it from there. But before that, let's go ahead and celebrate a little bit with some Missy Elliott and some uh, 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 cleaning crew, I believe this was. And let's just turn up for a second for the Humza Mania podcast. Listen to me now. Hey, I love that video. I Britney Spears, okay, Britney Spears shared that video earlier and I shared it again. I share a lot of her stuff because she cracks me up. I don't I don't know what's going on with her. I know there's this conservatorship that she's dealing with. I know her family's doing her wrong, doing her dirty, but my god, does she entertain me when it comes to her Instagram. I'm talking about everything she does makes me laugh. And to me that's that's such a like, I don't know, she brings such a joy. Of, of just posting this stuff but that video that she posted that i shared it i liked it i brought it on here i shared it again and it's probably gonna get taken down for copyright issues but hey that's what we do here on this podcast um so just a little backstory about myself right so i, I my name is hamza that is my actual first name uh, last name is not mania it's khan and i was born in pakistan in 1986 and we came to this country in 1990. when i got here i was about four three and a half going on four and I was thrilled. Like this country was a uh, one of the most difficult things growing up as a foreigner here. And it's it's hard to say because if you haven't experienced it, you won't be able to understand. But basically, the way it goes is this: we get parents coming in from a country that doesn't necessarily like the way America does things, and these parents bring these beliefs with them to a country. I know it makes no sense, but they bring them to a country. And then they get upset with the kids for adopting the culture of the new country while trying to force them to stick to the culture that's the complete opposite of the old country. So when I was young, I was growing up and realistically speaking, I would have to, uh, only thing we knew about America was watching TV. So, and the TV watch was very limited. It was always Disney or Nickelodeon. It was always cartoons. We weren't allowed to watch anything of substance. Uh, our parents wouldn't even let us watch Titanic when it came out in 97. I remember that because it was a big deal, but Long story short, it's 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 hard to place yourself in, in a culture without knowing the norm. And if you're not hanging out with the people there, the only way to really get a concept of, of how to behave and how the interactions go is to, I guess, watch TV, right? Like you watch TV, you see what they're doing, uh, you, you you pick up cues of how to make friends and you try to go out there and you, you replicate. Um, so I went to a predominantly black school. Uh, majority of people there were black, uh, a lot of Hispanics, a lot of foreigners there, very, very few whites. One thing that I know is that neighborhood I lived in had my neighbors were pretty much white and they became my friends. The issue was when I was in the school, now thinking back on it, wow, this, that's crazy. I'm just thinking back on this. When I grew when I was in school, I never had classes with my friends, even though we lived in the same neighborhood and we grew up together and stuff. I was always placed in classes with, with other people. And now I'm thinking back on it and it's because they were white and I feel like our school segregated us. This is a, my opinion on it, right? I'm sure a lot of people that are watching this that are, know me from high school are gonna disagree. But from my experience, it seemed like I was always placed in a class with other foreigners. 
And the reason why I know that for a fact is because all the other foreigners, for the most part, in Texas, we were in Texas, by the way, are, are Mexicans. And the Mexicans there were very heavy in Spanish speaking. I mean, Mexicans everywhere, they love Spanish because that's their language. Why wouldn't they speak it? Um, so my issue was, even though I couldn't understand English that well, I was also placed in a place where they were speaking Spanish. So no matter which direction I went in, I couldn't understand what was going on. So I just kind of coasted until my principal one day saw this and decided to put me back in regular classes. Uh, the reason I speak so properly or white, as people like to say, is because a lot of my English I learned from textbooks. I learned it by reading a textbook. The teachers explained to us what a noun was, what an adjective was, how to conjugate the verb. And then from there, we uh, uh, I learned my English. So when people would speak broken English around me, uh, it would affect me like, okay, that's not correct. And then people got upset with me for correcting them. Long story short, communication is objective. And as long as you understand what the hell someone's saying, it doesn't really matter which words they use. So here I am, what is it, like eight, nine years old, learning English. People are making fun of me because one, I don't know it well enough. And then they make fun of me when I do know it well enough. So I feel like damned if I do, damned if I don't, let me just pass this class and move on. Whew. Damn, that was a lot. That was a lot. Y'all need a breather because it's been 10 minutes and I've said like 60,000 words. Let's take a breather. While I take a breather, I'm going to remind you guys, one, we do have a live pro wrestling show coming up on August 15th. Make sure you get your tickets. It's uh, live wrestling brought to you by Knox Pro, Powerbomb Lucha Libre, and Leonardo's Huntington Park. August 15th is the date. Uh, I am on this flyer. Where's Hamzal, though? You can find me somewhere. I'm right next to Vampiro Pentent. And if you guys want to come on down, check it out. I'll put the link below for the tickets uh, where you guys can go and, you know, go ahead and purchase the tickets. Come see us and do all that good stuff. While you're at it, if you want to come out and you really want to support and you want to show them who the motherfucker is that you want to come there and support, that boy is Humza Mania and his client, Toa Leona. You can get your Humza Mania Toa Leona off with his head t-shirts. Link is down below at Teesprings. Order your sizes and they'll come to you within the next week. All right, headed back. Headed back. Man, I love this studio. I'm liking it. I don't like this little shadow thing going on. I don't like the little shadow thing going on here because I, I believe my head's blocking the light and the light's not hitting. But I'm liking this. I'm liking this. You know, it's cool. It's cool. So, my rose. My rose. Every rose has its thorn. Not this one. It's pretty. All right, so here I am in America. I'm growing up. I don't know what to do. I don't know where, which way, which direction to go. And then I have two battles that I face. One is the judgment I fa face in school for, for making friends with certain ethnicities, not hanging out with certain groups of people, or maybe thinking I'm better than or less than or whatever the case is. The second battle was my parents. They're so weird when it comes to making friends. They only wanted me to make Pakistani friends. So realistically, I would go home and I would only hang out with the Pakistani kids in our neighborhood. Um, and then every now and then I would make a friend that is of another race, doesn't matter which race it was. And my dad would always have something to say about it. Like this type of person does this, this type of person does that. You shouldn't have them near your house. It's not the type of friendship I like. And it was always very confusing to me because I've always been the type of person to be friends with pretty much anybody, so long as you don't do anything wrong to me. So it's it's it was one of those, those, those tough kind of um battles I guess I faced and I didn't know what to do with myself I really didn't because I was so lost I felt like I was letting my parents down at the same time I I I, I wanted to experience life and I wanted to know what was going on out there I wanted to know what American lifestyle was about I wanted to hang out I want to be invited to parties man I just want to make friends and So I just wanted to make friends and that's where I kind of find felt like all right growing up that was one of my biggest challenges and because of that reason, I, I am trying to get these words out. How am I trying to say this? It's so hard to, to explain. 
I want other Pakistani and Indian kids, right? Pakistan and India, even though Pakistan is mainly Muslim country, it's a it's a it's a break off of India, right? India was an entire continent or it's continent, <laughs> entire country on its own. In 1947, Pakistan decided to divide itself at the bottom of India and say, we're gonna go here, y'all stay there. The real reason behind the division, in my opinion, from my understanding, was uh, religion, right? Hindus stayed in India, Muslims went to Pakistan. Now, because we were, were Muslim by religion, we're looped in with all the, the other Middle Eastern countries like Afghanistan, Iran, Iraq, uh, Jordan, Turkey, you name it. And the issue with that is, is that even though the religion's the same, it's the culture that's different, right? And, and the best way to explain that would be, I guess if you're Canadian, right, from Toronto versus someone from Houston, Texas, who's more country, you both can be Christian and you both can be white, but there's two completely different ways of living, right? There's two different lifestyles, two different things you guys do as for fun, ways you celebrate birthdays, the things you guys do in the community, things like that. So it's, it's very different. So when we get looped in with all these uh, uh, um, other Middle Eastern countries, it, everyone thinks we're the same as them, very strict, very much by the religion. That's it. That's, there's nothing more you can do. Everyone's covered head to toe. And that's not the case. Uh, Pakistan is in Asia. So a lot of its influence comes from Asian culture and Indian uh, uh, culture as well. So it's, it's one of those things where I'm trying to explain to everybody who we are in a way so you guys to understand us to where I'm not just, I don't know, getting casted for nothing but terrorist roles all the time, right? Like it's my name's Hamza, I get it, but it doesn't mean I'm always going to be in that category. And my purpose of this podcast is to bring more of my own people and my friends that I know uh, that have been through all this and explain to people that we're very normal. We're very much just like you and everybody else. We like to enjoy life. We like to uh, go party. We like to uh, have friends, make friends. I don't know. It's, it have accomplishments, share share things. Some of us, some people like to drink, some smoke. I know a lot of packs. Any people that smoke weed, like it's all it's all the same as everyone else. So I guess that's what I'm trying to get at is just explain who we are and give out to the world uh, what it is to be Pakistani and create a platform in a way if I can hopefully get there where we can have more of Pakistani entertainment out there, Pakistani American entertainment out there, Pakistani American television out there, and, and not not exclusive to just Pakistani Americans, but focused on us so that way our younger generation grow up, kind of know what the norms are and and how to how how culturally how how to culturally uh, mix yourself into American culture without losing your Pakistani side and just kind of develop something from there. Jesus, that's a lot. That's a tall task. I might quit today. I don't know what to do. I might quit today. Ah, all right. Now let's talk about a little bit about why and how I got here. Right. Um, me as a as a as a young kid, uh, my dad would always drill into our heads that my older sister's gonna be a doctor, I'm gonna be an engineer, and my middle sister, who was the youngest at the time, uh, is gonna be a lawyer. Those were the three things he wanted us to go for. And typical Pakistani Middle Eastern parent style. So when we were younger, he would ask us all the time, what are you going to be when you grow up? But more so to, to reassure us that we we're going to pick what he told us to pick, right? So he would go down the list. My sister, what are you going to be? Doctor. Other sister, what are you going to be? Lawyer. He would come to me and be like, Hamza, what do you want to be? I would always say an actor or a movie director because I loved entertainment. Like I loved watching movies. I loved watching shows. I love seeing concerts. I love pyro. I love lights. As you can see around this in the studio, like I could not do this with that little smoke without this little lighting and stuff, you know? So to me, I've always loved um, uh, entertainment and I've always loved performance, if you will. 
uh, as I'm growing up, my parents really, really kept me from it. I mean, anything I did when it came to getting in theater, doing a stage play, uh, uh, doing any kind of band, playing musical instruments and stuff, they really, really, really made sure that I, they tried to make like seem like they were supportive, but they never supported it. They always made sure they made it seem like I was not good enough at it to where I can, they can manipulate me in a way to do what they wanted to do. So as I got older and, and I'm, I'm 18 now and we finally graduate and I, I graduated from um, college or sorry, high school. I make my way to Florida where my family moved right after high school. And I am the most depressed individual you could find on earth. I mean, I did not know what to do with myself in the morning. I did not care to go to school. I did not care to go hang out with nobody. I hated life. I absolutely fucking hated life. I fucking hated it. And one day, and we were there from 18. I was there from 18 to about 22 years old. One day, I was like 21, and I, something in the middle of the night woke me up. I did not want to be there. And I called a friend of mine, and she's like, you know, not for nothing. If you want to just come and, and hang out here, come out, come over. So I went over to her place. She was down the street. I walked over there, and we just sat and we talked. And she asked me a very weird question, not a very, very important question, right? She said, imagine, if you will, that today you got to pick exactly what you want to do with your life. What would you do? And realistically, I was like, if I can erase everything in my brain, my parents stop talking, they're them being disappointed in me, the world thinking I'm nuts, everyone telling me I'm an idiot. Um, what can I do? I would love to go to New York or Los Angeles and try to be some sort of a performer, right? Acting or something like that. And she goes, so why don't you do that? Like the, the, the whole point of living is to live your life. Uh, friend I'm talking about is Cassandra, by the way. I'm not sure if she's probably listening to this. Cassandra, you know who you are. Shout out to Cassandra. Um, so yeah, that that day we had a that night we had a conversation, and realistically, the very next day I woke up and I was like, "Yeah, I gotta do this. I gotta go." Um, so I called my parents, let them know they did not care for it whatsoever. They were like, "Nope, don't go there. Uh, we're not supporting you." And then my dad's like, "Whatever. I'm not gonna fight you on it. Do what you want." So I packed my stuff from Florida in a Nissan 350Z two seater. Got my best friend, Officer Brian Kirk, to jump in shotgun with me. And we drove across the country to Los Angeles. I was there. I'm going to go. This is going to happen for me. I don't care. I'm going to throw everything against the wall, see what sticks. I'm going to see if I can do this, right? So I get in my car with him and we start driving. Bro, we drove 40 hours. We stopped once in Houston. So 15 hours to Houston and about 24 hours to Los Angeles. I need some water. No. Ooh, Arizona. Fruit punch. Ah. Um, so yeah, we're driving, right? So we're driving, driving, driving. A little ASMR for you guys. We're driving, driving, driving. We finally get to Los Angeles. Three. It took us two and a half, almost three days. We finally get there. I, I'm in Koreatown. I remember Koreatown. I was going to go meet a buddy of mine there named Alex. And he was like, you can crash here until you get on your feet. Cool. I went to go fill up gas in my car as soon as I got there. And my card got declined. And I picked up the phone, I called my pops, and I said, Dad, uh, no, no, sorry, I, I'm wrong. I picked up the phone and I called a bank. And I said, I know I got money in my account. Like, I know I have money in my account. I saved up. Uh, what's going on? And the bank basically said to me, Mr. Khan, what are you talking about? You came in this morning and closed your account. And long story short, my dad took me off the account uh, that we shared. Because in, in our culture, or what my dad would let me believe in our culture, as is in a household, all the income goes into one pot, bank account. And we all just kind of use from there as needed, right? So all my sisters, mine, my dad's, my other sister, all of our income went into one pot. 
So when I'm there to, to, to swipe this card, the card gets declined. Um, I called my dad and I'm like, what's going on? And he's like, I told you, I don't want you out there. And he's like, I'm not going to support you being out there. So if you're going to do this, you're going to do it on your own. Okay. All right. Um, wow. Thank you for telling me this after I drove to, to Los Angeles. Uh, that same moment, I literally went to Alex's house. I had five bucks on me, put a little bit of gas in, drove to his house, parked in the street, went upstairs and fucking bawled my eyes out. Right. Just like, what am I doing? I'm 22 years old. I'm in Los Angeles. This place is weird. I don't know anybody here. I got Brian with me, but he's flying back in two days, you know, to go back home. Um, I don't know what's going on. And I, in that moment, I forgot what happened. Something happened to Brian calmed me down and we called it a night. Next morning I woke up and I had my first fucking parking ticket in Los Angeles, right? Welcome to LA. Here's 78 bucks that we need from you because you parked somewhere you're not supposed to without knowing. And now I'm sitting there with a freaking parking ticket, not knowing what to do. Zero dollars in my bank. No, no, no bank account to begin with. Um, I worked at CarMax at the time, CarMax on Slauson. And I would, um, I was going to work and I changed, got a new bank account and everything, obviously, so I could get my paychecks. I went to work. I had a membership to 24-Hour Fitness on Slauson, and I would actually take a shower there for like two weeks. I showered at Slauson, and I would go to work uh, to CarMax. And after about two weeks' time, my buddy from high school, Patrick Stewart, right? Not Patrick Stewart from, from not, not, not uh, uh, Star Trek Patrick Stewart, not Professor X Patrick Stewart, but my best friend now. But before he was just a buddy of mine, Patrick Stewart, uh, we were buddies in ROTC. He graduated a year before I did. He uh, went off to the Navy and he called me or he texted me, text or called. I can't remember which one it was, but he said to me, bro, guess what? I'm in California. I'm in San Diego. I've been stationed there. Uh, reason he was telling me about this is because me and him, we used to talk about going to California and, you know, growing up there because we love California. And I go, well, you won't believe it. I'm in Los Angeles. And I kind of told him this story about what's going on. And he's like, not for nothing, but I got a two bedroom here. And if you need to come crash here. Uh, feel free to do so. So I went and lived in San Diego for three months and I drove to uh, LAX or CarMax near LAX uh, every day for work. And I busted my ass and got my shit together. One day come January of, this is 2009, by the way. In January, 2010, I had the fortune of getting an audition for a show. And it was a small, small, small part, but it was with Jada Pinkett Smith on a show called Hawthorne. And it was very tiny for me to just be a guy with a broken leg while they fixed me up during the scene. And it was a decent little paycheck. And after that, I decided to go ahead and this was like my, my, my moment of a, oh, I think I can do this. I think I, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. So um, this was my moment to be like, okay, I think I can do this. So I, I decided then I was gonna get an apartment. There you go. And I finally got my first apartment in Hollywood. Now, for those of you guys listening here in California, Los Angeles, who are familiar with Hollywood, it is a piece of shit. It does not sound like Hollywood like you think it is. It's not the Hollywood we all think it is, right? Hollywood Boulevard and Hollywood area is just garbage. It's expensive garbage. It's nothing but homeless people, druggies, noise, traffic. It's just bad. It's all bad. So it's just bad, right? I'm living there for a year. Uh, started working, started working more, started getting more gigs here and there. And I finally found my stride. And that's how I kind of got to LA. I'm talking a lot. I'm not used to talking about myself for so, so, so long. If you guys, if you guys like that ASMR uh, drinking I just did, yeah, don't forget cash app up here. Uh, 
dollar sign HK comedy. Yep, I'm taking donations or whatever the hell, you know. Uh, so where was I? Yeah, so I'm here in, in, in California, and I finally find my stride. I start working more. I start getting my shit together. I start kind of progressing in life and failed at everything for, like, the first five to six years. Like, everything, everything. <laughs> failed at everything. Bro, I was so bad at everything. It didn't even make sense. I, I didn't know how to cook food for myself. Couldn't make ends meet. Uh, living paycheck to paycheck. Barely if that. Shit. Uh, Diane remembers we went to McDonald's with $5 once. Couldn't afford fries. It was it was bad. It was really bad, but it was fun at the same time. I was having the time of my life, and it it, it got to a point where it's like, all right, I I, I got to make something hit. Something's got to happen. Uh, otherwise, this is not gonna this is not gonna work out. So come 2014, come 2014. One thing I do a lot for those who know me, make I make a lot of very very stupid comments and and I make them in a way to be funny, right? So I make people laugh. I love making people laugh, and I always make people laugh at CarMax, and they always would tell me, "Do you do stand up?" The answer would be no. They say you should do stand up. You actually set up your jokes like stand up material. You're funny like that. You should be able to do this. And I'm like, oh, Steve, speaking in front of people, absolutely not, absolutely not. I'm, I'm okay, thank you. Long story short, a friend of mine, Mark Jones, he decided he wanted to do uh, uh, stand-up comedy. Mark Jones, rest in peace, bro. Uh, he passed away a couple of years ago, two years ago, uh, due to a police shooting, believe it or not. Um, he was just such a great, like, he was so much fun. But it was in a weird way. Like, he was very dead face, pan, right? But he would make jokes that were not really funny, but his delivery would be funny. So he decided he wanted to do stand-up, and he went and did it, and... In my opinion, he was terrible, right? I'm just going to tell it like it is. I'm sorry, bro. Hey, I'm sorry. But he was terrible. I told you this. I told you this when you were alive. He was terrible, man. He was terrible. And 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 I was like, and we all went to go see him. And everyone was like, fuck, ah, this sucks. This sucks. So as a just being a douche that I am, I was like, all right, let me go ahead and um, let me go ahead and uh, uh, do this to show him up, right? Let me just see if I could be a dick on stage and just, just show him up and show you how it's done, right, brother? So I, I, on 2014, I decided to get on stage at Sal's Comedy Hole, Sal's Comedy Hole on Melrose. And I had a five-minute set. And when I say this is the biggest anxiety I have felt in my life, I couldn't breathe. I couldn't see. The lights were blinding me. My ball spot was sweating. It was, it was, my ball spot sweating right now. Oh, shit. Um, it's a little warm. Uh, I was just, it was a bad experience for me. I did not like it. I was like, this is, this is the worst thing I've ever felt in my life. Heart racing, hands were shaking, just bad. Uh, I went home. Everyone's like, oh, you did great afterwards. And I'm like, ah, oh, they're being nice to my friends. They don't want to hurt my feelings. I went home. I, I thought to myself, this sucked too, you know? And the next day, one of the guys from the venue hit me up and he's like, hey, can I get your email? Uh, I want to send you over your video from the performance and I want to show you, I just want you to see like it actually went really well. And so I watched this video back and no joke, it went well. It went well. And here's why. My experience on stage was I couldn't breathe. I was panicking. I, I was having anxiety and I didn't realize what was happening. I was just delivering it, just trying to get through it. You watch the video back and I'm actually delivering the lines in a nice cadence and the audience is laughing and there's a whole different experience happening outside of the stage so i guess what i'm getting at is is i didn't know how good i was in, in that moment until i saw it back on video and that made me realize okay that's probably where my biggest issues coming in from right i always go based on my experience and how i felt 
during a performance, which is always stress and anxiety and being nervous. But I never really looked at the performance itself and was like, did that go over well? And it did. So I decided to continue that. And that's kind of was my first like, wow, you're, 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 you're doing this. You're doing this. Okay, let's go. Got on stage. I got a chance to perform, perform at Hollywood Improv. Uh, uh, um, got a couple of sets in at the Comedy Store. Uh, Orlando Improv. I got, a, I got a chance to perform in front of my own family members. And my confidence just kept rising and rising and rising. And I'm to a point now where it's like, bro, give me a microphone. Let me talk. This is fun, right? Like I'm finally, it's, it's, and I don't mean this in a bragging way. I'm more saying this in a, I, I, you guys have no idea how much I, I doubted myself with everything, right? Like you have no idea. And then I try it and, and it goes well. And, and people are complimenting me for it. And the biggest aspect of it was my aunt hit me up and she said, do you uh, mind if I put this on a station in Pakistan so they could see your stand-up comedy? And I was like, oh, absolutely, put it on. And she puts it on there and my aunts and uncles there uh, uh, found this. They hit up my dad and was like, have you seen what your son is doing? And he had no idea. He watched it and his mind was blown. And he said, um, he called me. He's like, hey, you know, my, my cousin, who my dad looks up to this cousin, by the way. He's like, this cousin's like very successful, does everything right. And my dad just always admired him. And he goes, my cousin hit me up and he's like, um, you should, your son is really good at this, performing on stage and da, da, da. You should watch this. And he's talking to me about it. And he's just like, that's crazy. Um, long story short, I go to visit my family. Everyone's there and we all watched it together. And my dad comes to me and he says, not that he's proud, but he says, I always, he said, I always, he said, I've always wanted to be a stand-up comedian. My dad, the guy who says not to do this, the guy who says, go get, be an engineer, get married, have kids, buy a house, right? That's his order of things. And that's it. He comes to me and he says to me, um, I always wish I was a, I could have gotten done stand-up comedy. I'm too scared to get on stage, right? Same as me. And I, at that moment, I realized my, me and my dad are the same person. Like we are the same fucking person and all he thing he was trying to get me to do was he knew what he did wrong in, in his eyes right because my dad did so many things right he knew what he did wrong growing up and he was trying to deter me from doing that so he can have i could have the life he didn't have right and i didn't understand this until i did it and it, in this huge respect between the two of us came at that moment and after not speaking for like nine eight nine years we're like back together because of the one thing i set out to do so full circle circle of life here we are then I decided, okay, I'm confident. I started submitting myself, man. I got to perform on the NBC stage. I got to perform on Nickelodeon. I was on NBC itself, uh, second second city in Hollywood. Like, it's just been such a it's just been such a blast. Confidence goes up. I realize I can do anything. I love pro wrestling. So what did I do? I decided to hit up uh, 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 pro wrestling schools, and I said, hey, I wanted to be a pro wrestler my entire life. I'm wanting to see what a ring feels like. I can do the talking thing. I can make people hate me. I can do all the stuff that you need me to do to perform. And they get back to me. And at the same time, I was actually gonna, I was actually auditioning for AfterBuzz TV to be a podcast host for their NXT podcast. So NXT is a WB product for those of you guys who don't know. Um, so I go do the thing with uh, AfterBuzz, six weeks of, of auditions and videos and orientations. And then at the very end, they're like, unfortunately, you didn't make the cut. Ah, wind out of my sails, right? End of 2018. 
Uh, beginning of 2019, January, I get a message from the wrestling school I wanted to go to, which was Knox Pro, run by uh, the, the Samoan dynasty, Samoan dynasty, Reno, the Count Black Pro, Reno Anawaii, and of course, WB Hall of Famer, Rikishi. Uh, and Reno hits me up and he's like, sorry, we don't have a location right now. Check back in a few months. So I'm like, all right. So all my hopes and dreams are being crushed again. Uh, let me just go to work. So I started working regular jobs, just making ends meet, uh, earning money. And I get a message in August from Reno. No. July from Reno. And he goes, Hey, we found a new venue. Come on in and try out. I go down there the very second I get a chance to. And I swear to God, I walked into not only Miro there, right? Rusev at the time, but Rikishi training. And I'm like blown. My mind is blown. Like, I can't believe these guys are here. I'm like, okay. And they're huge, right? These guys are massive, massive guys. I'm five, seven. I'm five, seven and one fifty at that time. These guys are huge. So I get in there. I'm like, ah, I'm going to get my ass kicked, but let's have some fun. And realistically, I had a blast and they basically said, like, you know, you, you'll have fun doing this. I think you should give it a shot. And I decided to sign up for Knox Pro that day, and I started. I kid you not. Guys, I kid you not. This is how the universe, I'm telling you, there's a reason things align, right? The universe, you're always looking out for me. Like, I know it. It's, there's something out there. Things are meant to be. So second, third week. Third week, I'm there, Sunday. It's only four of us there, four newbies, right? Three of which know each other. I'm the only one that doesn't know them. So when we're there, we're done training. And Reno says, um, do you mind to me? He goes, do you think you could stay back? Uh, I have some guests coming. And after they're done, just lock up for me because I have to go. So I said, oh, absolutely. I'd do anything to stay near a ring. So uh, yes, let's do it. I wait back, wait back. And the guests end up being X-Pac, right? X-Pac from DX. I grew up watching this guy. This was my, one of my favorite superstars. X-Pac. And then current WWE superstar, Sonia Deville. And they came with Maria Menounos, the owner of AfterBuzz TV. Guys, I can't make this up. Like, this is, this is ridiculous to me. So they come in. They're like, all right, Maria has a spot on SmackDown where she's going to be doing a guest referee spot. We just need your help to do a few things here and there and help her count to one, two, three. Cool. Got it. What can you do? And I said, I can't do shit. I just started. I'm sorry. And they're like, okay, that's okay. Don't need to fall. Don't need to do flips. None of that stuff. Just work with Sonia. And basically, Sonia just kicked my ass in the ring uh, for about 15 minutes while Maria Menounos tried to do her count. Long story short, I was just respectful. I listened to my, what my trainers, the advice they gave me. Um, I didn't tell them I could do more than I could. And at the very end of it, the three of them thanked me. When they thanked me, I told Maria that I tried out for AfterBuzz. And she said, I looked, she told me I looked familiar. I'm not sure if she said that because, you know, people are nice and they're trying to make sure that you feel good um, or if I actually look familiar to her because I was at AfterBuzz. Uh, I told her about it. Xbox does his podcast AfterBuzz too. And they were like, you know, we respect it so much because most people would be like, um, yeah, I've been wrestling for so long. I can do this and that. And they would end up hurting themselves. Whereas you were just honest, no matter how bad it made you look. And I respect that. And then she texted her assistant right then there, Roxy. And Roxy hit me up and was like, hey, can you come in for the uh, podcast starting uh, next week? And I was like, yeah, of course. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Full circle. This episode is called Full Circle. And this episode is brought to you by the letter circle. Uh, full circle. Man. So I started doing uh, uh, the American Idol podcast. It was the only one available at the time, right? No one wanted to do that one. Uh, so I did the American Idol podcast, jumped on whatever I can get. Uh, did well on that. I actually got to meet the winner, winner of American Idol that year. Uh, uh, oh, what was her name? Sam. Sam. Just Sam. Just Sam. It was a beautiful uh, uh, young lady from New York 
who would sing in the subways and she would go by Sam, Samantha, she would go by Sam, but she would call herself just Sam. So we did that one. Um, then the NXT podcast was one of the most popular ones that everyone was on. Uh, just a little background on that one. That's the one that Mike and Maria, Maria Canellis kind of started and they went into WB after that. I think Kelly Kelly was also, or Kathy Kelly, one of those two. Um, and then uh, Evan Mack, he's on the bump right now. He's from that, that one as well. So I'm not sure if these are all correct factual things, but this is what I see, right? Um, so that's where they all kind of got, got in from. And so I got into that one when they needed, had an opening. And right when that started, uh, COVID hit and everything kind of shut down. So wind out of my sails, no more stand-up, no more audience, uh, no more podcast, and wrestling's going to shut down too. Great. So doing what I always do, man, I adapted. And I started talking to my trainers, and we ended up coming to uh, 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 start putting videos to, or cameras together to do a virtual stand-up show or virtual pro wrestling show, which is now Powerbomb Tuesdays on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Pro. You can check out our Powerbomb Tuesdays. I'm on it every Tuesday. Um, and basically, we just uh, uh, created this wrestling show during the pandemic, which was pretty amazing if you think about it. Uh, then from there, Rikishi was like he was watching my nxt podcast which is thank you for that by the way like can you believe a, a wb hall of famer was watching me do a podcast um and he said to me he goes you know whose podcast is that and i was like that belongs to afterbuzz not mine and he goes would you know how to how to do that again replicate it i'm like absolutely you know if i'm part of something i like to know all the ins and outs so long story short he said let's try to do a podcast with us and me and him started the rikishi driver talk show and we went into season two we haven't done it in a little while because he's been really busy with signings and stuff but Men Alive, I started doing a podcast with a WB Hall of Famer. And, and then here I am, you know, 2021, man. I'm starting my own podcast now. I wanted to have the Humza Mania podcast going. It's kind of okay, I, I guess. I can make it nicer. It'll be nicer, I promise. I love my set. I do. I love purple. It's royal colors. Purple's love. Y'all know what it is. But yeah, that's kind of, in a nutshell, that's kind of like my background, right? I mean, there's a lot more in depth we can go into it. But for now, it's just like a life. Liberty, pursuit of happiness. I'm alive. I'm free. Now I'm going to pursue being happy. So, guys, this is the Humza Mania podcast, right? I, this is kind of what I want. I want to share our experiences because this is this is not this this my story is not a a unique story in my opinion. I feel like there's a lot of of us out there that are that are in similar boats, but we get looked at as as just prim proper. We looked at as as good households. We always get looked at as as having money. Uh, having being stable and it's not that it's really not I just carry myself in a way because one I don't let my my downfalls def define who I am as a person and then two uh, if I told everybody every freaking thing that was wrong in my childhood growing up not one I would be talking for hours hey look at that 40 minutes on the show and then two I don't want to make anyone else look bad to make myself look good so it's irrelevant kind of like exactly what happened in certain points but I do want to make sure and may put an emphasis on that it's not easy just because it looks easy from the outside looking in and you look at our families and you think that we have this thing going where we all have money, we all have this and that. It's not like that. It's just working hard and, and making sure we put our best foot forward because we come from literally nothing. And when we come from nothing, it's easier to go up, right? It's, it's harder when you're up here and then you have to continue to go up. It's easier, easier, not easier, but it's, it's you will, you have no choice but to go up. There you go. You have no choice but to go up. So that's just my, my my thoughts behind this. I just wanted to share with you guys a little bit about myself. I hope I didn't bore anybody. I hope this was a little interesting. Um, I definitely want feedback. I would love to know what you guys think, what you guys like, what you hate. Does it sound good? Does it light good? Is this, this background nice? 
did these lights look good? Should I take these away? Uh, this right here, this, 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 this little beautiful, beautiful bottle of liquor here. You guys see this? Look at it. I got this for my birthday. I love this little, little bottle because of the way it looks. Um, it's not liquor, by the way, because I don't really drink like that. But this is a, a, a iced tea just for effects and, and aesthetics. Yeah, I'm a poser, y'all. I'm a poser. This little smoke coming here, that's my, that's my hookah. But I don't really smoke like that either. So, you know, it is what it is. Put it back in position. <sighs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for joining me. All feedback's appreciated. I, I hope to continue this every Sunday, 12 p.m., noon, new episodes, and just here's to 2021, y'all.